Hello, I'm Peter Mitchell and welcome to CUDA's series of podcasts specially designed to inform and support member credit unions. In this episode, I'm joined by Susan White, CEO of C-Mutual, which provides life assurance and general insurance products to the credit union sector, both in Ireland and the UK. Today, in the first of two podcasts on insurance, we're going to talk about the various general insurance risks that credit unions and their members face and the specific insurance solutions that can alleviate or mitigate those risks. We'll follow this up with a further podcast on the risks that members face and the appropriate insurances that they should consider. So Susan, can you just give us a sense of what are the sort of key risks that credit unions face that can be insured? Hi, Peter. Um, I know for most people, insurance is, um, is something that they, they have to do, but it's not something that everybody really enjoys having to pay out for insurance policies. So let's call, call that one out first. Um, okay. but I would like to say that, um, from our perspective, there are two, two types of insurance. So today we're going to talk about, uh, general commercial insurances. And general commercial insurances are really to protect the credit union itself, the business as a credit union. Um, there are a number of different policies within the general insurance, um, I suppose, a profile that we protect. So we have a thing called Coupop, which is our credit union uh, protection of um, insurance pack. And within that, what we have is we have to protect the building that the insurer, the credit union is based in. Um, so that's the property. And within that, then there's liability, public liability and employer's liability insurance and the contents within the building. So that's one part of the insurance. We then have to protect the uh, credit union itself from any risk uh, against fraudulent activity. So that's the fidelity bond insurance. And that's a form of business insurance that offers the employer protection against losses that are caused by its um, uh, employees um, acting dishonestly or fraudulently. And then the um, another uh, insurance that protects the the people within that work within the um, credit union is the directors and officers um, policy. And that's critically important for any um, directors and officers um, and volunteer directors also that work within the credit unions. And that protects them against anybody if they do something within their role and they might, an individual might um, sue them for wrongful information that they sent out to them or something like that. So that's protecting the directors and officers. And the final um, insurance policy, I think, that is really, really prevalent at the moment is cyber insurance. Um, And cyber insurance is one that I know from working in the insurance industry for the last 10 or 15 years, that it wasn't really talked about that loudly, um, even though it was brought to the attention of us that are in the sector 10 or 15, 20 years ago. But now it's becoming more and more prevalent, especially since people are working at home um, and the risks are really big. And these cyber um they literally have companies set up where they actually employ people to create systems that can go in and disrupt um credit unions or businesses um way of modus operandi and kind of stifle them in doing any accessing any of their data so cyber insurance is a key um that's a huge one policy that really needs to be um needs to be thought about by all businesses let alone credit unions you know well, I think we've all seen that with the, the HSE and how they were attacked and, you know, money was demanded. And, and we certainly hear about it at, a, at an individual business level as well. So it seems it seems quite prevalent and, and quite a significant risk. Yeah, well, I think the HSE brought it to brought it to, uh, to everybody's attention. It was such a big um, attack and it's such a big a risk. 
Um, but I think it's a reputational damage as well as not having access to your to your data, being locked out of your systems. I mean, imagine if you woke up tomorrow morning, you go to into your credit union, somebody turns on the computer and everything's locked. You're locked out of all your systems. They can mm. demand ransomware. They can destroy data. They can hold on to data. Um, and it's a huge reputational damage as well as the damage to try and the, the loss of business, the loss of revenue that the um, credit union will suffer while they're trying to get everything back up and running. I actually worked in an organization a couple of years ago um, and we actually had a cyber attack. So I've seen it from the inside out um, and it is a challenge. Um, it is a serious challenge. And even though most large organizations will have DAST, data recovery uh, plants and systems and, oh, should we just turn on the server and everything comes yeah. back up and we're fine. In reality, um, it, it kind of doesn't work like that in reality. It's like anything in theory, they're great ideas, but when you go to implement it, there's always going to be something that's missing. And, and I um, suppose those those who are attacking you have thought of those things in advance because if it was all that easy, they wouldn't have much to threaten you with. So they've considered that as well. Absolutely. And there's um, uh, there was a panorama program on there a couple of years ago that I watched about five years ago on BBC One, and it actually showed these these buildings, these office blocks where people were just hired to actually develop these cyber malware um, uh, yeah. databases yeah. and things that they can win and disrupt organizations and disrupt and demand the ransom. So um, it's huge business at the moment. And our particular cyber product um, that we provide to credit unions, it's provided to us by AIG. Um, so we only work with credit with um, insurers that are A-rated or AAA rated. Um, okay. We have to make sure that our product is, you know, really fit for purpose and it's reviewed on a continuous basis so that it is fit because credit unions, although they're financial service um, uh, companies, um, each company isn't the same. So we have to make sure that um, the product is fit for purpose and it meets the um, the requirements of particular industry sectors and then down to branch level and industry, you know, section yeah. level. So it's very yeah. important for us to do that as so. well. And just, just on the cyber cover, I, I take it, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the stuff that's covered under the policy, I assume you don't pay ransoms with the policy. I assume you cover other costs that are incurred. There, right? There is ransomware cover um, within the policy um, because it, I know when we had in our own experience, it, there was a ransomware attack on the company that I worked in previously. Um, now, obviously, you know, the, the Gardaí, um, the fraud squad, they don't want anybody paying ransomware because it's going to initiate yeah. the criminals yeah. to go and do it again and again and again. But yeah. I wasn't involved in finalising our situation, our company, um, But and I'm not sure whether ransom was ever paid over or not. But like any negotiation with criminals, you just don't know. So there is a clause within the um, uh, cyber insurance where ransomware is covered, you know, so, oh, yeah. so that okay. is part. And they have teams of people that will come in, experts that will come in and kind of handle that for you. Yes. And I think that's where the value of the insurance policy comes in because it actually, we don't actually know until it actually happens to us. And when you don't have the experience, you don't have the expertise, um, you can you could probably end up doing something that's going to cause more damage because you're trying mm. to, you know, it's panic, it's trying yeah. to get things back to normal. Yeah. So having the experts, they've done this, they've dealt with it before, 
and they'll come in and they'll kind of um, lead you and guide you through the process of how you're going to manage it um, and okay. get the so best results for everybody, you know. So it's not just the finance they're, they're providing. It's also the sort of the, I suppose, the know-how and the knowledge to help you work through it. It's absolutely the expertise. Yeah. Uh, you know, it definitely is the expertise. And uh, part of, of what we, we are trying to do as a company ourselves, see mutual is, for example, we're running a seminar on the 15th of February and I will be sending out invitations to everybody um, on cyber and what's involved in cyber and, you know, the impact of having a, a cyber attack and what you can do to mitigate the risk. How, how are we, how can we as a business look at where our gaps are and kind of do a gap analysis and maybe mitigate the risks that, um, you know, and try and protect yourselves so okay. that, um, you know, because like all insurances, um, an insurer will insure um, a particular risk. The more claims that come in, the uh, the premiums are going to rise. The less yeah. claims, your premium is going to stay the same. So it's 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 you know it's a win win for everybody if we're trained and we we get to understand how we can mitigate the risks um, as okay. much as possible. And just stepping back into the so the, the more traditional forms of insurance, because obviously cyber is something that's there, it's growing. Uh, it's something that's probably likely to occur more frequently in the future than even it currently does now. But yeah. in terms of the more traditional er- the areas like the, the liability, the property, the fidelity bond, director and offices cover, uh, which which of these, you know, uh, where do the big claims come from, you know, tr- traditionally? Where's where's the big risk for the from the from the credit yeah. union's perspective? Traditionally, I think all of them uh, pose a risk, like each and every one of them pose a risk. So I couldn't kind of pick one and say, oh, this mm. is one you definitely have to insure it. But I think um, if we just take a step back, I mean, if you think about it in terms of simplistic terms, you have to have your building insurance. If the building goes up on fire, you know, if, if a flood happens, yeah. you have no business, you have no premises. So that's that's a pretty simple one. I think every one of us have home insurance, so we can relate to that. It's pretty easy to, to understand and um, how to mitigate the risk against that is having your burglar alarm, having your fire alarm in, you know, yeah. so we can do things like that to mitigate the risk as much as possible possible and that's your property insurance and within your property insurance you have your contents so somebody said to me before to understand the difference is if you can take your building and turn it upside down anything that falls out is actually your contents you know so you know your your cabinets your you know your sofa you know your when people come in and sit down at reception your reception desk all of those are contents so within the property insurance you can also include your contents insurance and that's insured uh, specifically for damage to the contents within your building so they're the two kind of main kind of structural i suppose um insurance policies that i think 99.9 percent of people would understand that they are a necessity you know um and then we go within that we look at employers liability insurance and employers liability insurance um is actually there because we are, as employers, we're responsible for the health and safety of your employees while they're at work. And employers' liability insurance will enable you to meet the cost of compensation should your employees um, suffer an illness or an injury because of the fact that they've been in the premises of doing something related to work. And usually there are limits of liability and limits of indemnity on all of these policies. And the standard limit of indemnity for an employer's liability policy is about 13 million. And that's across the board, um, um, across Ireland, I think, and the UK. It's about thirteen so it's million. Pretty substantial, yeah. It's yeah, so cover, it's pretty yeah. substantial. Yeah. So it does cover if somebody has an accident or, or gets sick during their co- course of work. 
And again, for a credit union, it's I'm sure they've proactively doing this, but it's very important to have um, your health and safety policies in place and to have your your premises as much as possible to be a, a, a safe place of um, to work in. So you know, you talk about your your chairs and your desk, and you know, are people you know sitting properly? Um, can they move around the office? During COVID, I think we experienced an awful lot of that. Had to revisit it because we had to protect people from the COVID virus, so we had to put in. Um, you know, the screens and we had to make sure people go to work from home where possible. So it was all of that kind of health and safety. And that's what you would do to try and yeah. protect uh, a claim arising out of an employer's liability insurance policy. Okay. Okay. And I'm assuming, look, overall, you know, an office environment is, is, is a relatively safe. There's no, there's no saws, there's no knives, you know what I mean? There's no exactly. You're not like working in a, like a factory, for example, if you compare it to a factory that's making yeah. a butcher's shop or a factory where they're using sharp knives and blades and big tools and machinery, that's a much higher risk, you know? So, okay. so you yeah. wouldn't have, um, you know, as many claims, I suppose, from an office environment as you would um, in a, in a kind of a, high-risk factory, something like that. And then on, say, uh, public liability, obviously there's, there's, you know, there's lots of talk about the claims culture in Ireland and, you know, a lot of work has been done to try and reduce the cost of those claims and to, put, you know, put, put some kind of reasonable limits on them, particularly where the, where the claim numbers seem to be substantially in excess of what they would be in the UK. Is, is this something that credit unions need to be concerned with? I think public liability is something that everybody, should, every credit union should have because if somebody walks into your your building, falls, a public person walks in, trips over something, falls, breaks their leg, there's going to be a claim. There's no doubt about it. I think um, the book of quantum that um, there's always this big debate between insurers and the lawyers. You know who's making the most money out of this, and why are all these claims being accepted? So I think that debate I've heard it over the years, and it's like. It's a recurring debate and nobody's really taking full responsibility for, for what we should do. But mm-hmm. I do think the book of quantum that was introduced a good number of years ago, where it actually um, it actually it dictates or kind of it gives a guideline that if somebody, you know, breaks their leg, this is this is how much compensation they should get within these limits. Unfortunately, um, from an insurer's perspective, that would probably be quite useful because it helps them kind of understand the level of risk so they can kind of um, cost to to mitigate that risk. But then on the other side, um, you know, from a personal point of view or somebody that has had the injury, uh, you know, is, is my broken leg going to debilitate me for two years or three years or is it just going to be a, a cast for six weeks? There's a big difference. And that's yes. where, where the lawyers come in and that's where there's the big debate yeah. between you know yeah so but um in terms of from a credit union's perspective or from a business perspective you know it's it's, it's a vital part of of um, risk and um, there is always a risk even though we see the signs and again it's around health and safety um trying to mitigate the risk so if you have you know a broken path you know or a broken step coming into your building it might be worthwhile looking at that and investing and in getting it fixed because you're protecting your business you know, you're mitigating the risk by making sure that, you know, there isn't a stone or a tie lifted where somebody might trip over it. So they're the kind of things that credit unions could do to try and mitigate these risks in terms of public liability. Simple, simple, just keeping a view of things. And I think it's important and it's something that I think, you know, organisations should do is 
have a simple audit. You know, it, it, that doesn't mean a, a big whole day, you know, doing an audit, yeah. but you should have yeah. a health and safety kind of audit done, you know, annually or twice yearly to try and look at, look around your building and look and say, is everything okay? Yeah, it's fine. This is the best we can do. We've mitigated some, as much as we can and you're protecting yourself in the long run. That's interesting. Yeah. It's because it, most of this, most of the health and safety is really just common sense, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's straightforward and you're trying to, um, you're trying to avoid things happening because you don't want them to happen, not just because of financial reasons, but you don't want somebody to trip in your building. You don't want the building to go on fire and to be people to be hurt or any, any of those things to occur for, for, for their own reason, not just because of the financial aspect to it. Absolutely. And um, you might have seen Supermax over the years. You would have seen articles in the newspapers about um, how they have tried to challenge the fact that people are coming in and throwing water on the ground and slipping you know, and then claiming, you know, so you've, you've, you've that to consider as well. And you will have people, you know, acting um, inappropriately and fraudulently and trying to put a claim in. And sometimes CCT uh, cameras within a building can help mitigate that risk. It doesn't mean everybody has to put all these things in place, but it's just to be aware of what you can do and how you can prevent the risk. So prevention, as they say, is always better than cure, isn't it? So that's the whole point. Absolutely. And tell me, in terms of in terms of costs and that, I, I for you know, obviously, this, these aren't personal insurance. This is credit union is effectively a business, so you know, you know, losses of five hundred euros aren't a big concern to it. It's the big losses is, are, are the things. So, is there anything they can do in terms of in terms of reducing those costs as much as possible and just covering the big losses? Is are excesses a factor in this? I I think um, as everybody probably understands, you know, there will always be an excess on a policy, a standard excess. So it might be on a standard property policy, it might be five hundred or thousand or two and a half thousand a minimum that is not covered by the. Um, by the insurance policy. So you have to pay the first, we'd understand that from our own car insurance, you have to pay the first excess. So if, if you were concerned about costs, you could look at that. That's one way of, of reducing your costs. However, it's only in the event of a claim. And if you have a claim and somebody's coming in and the claim is 10,000, you have to pay the first two and a half thousand. That's 25% you have to pay yourself. So you have to consider, you have to consider mm. that. So it yeah. depends on the business themselves and what, what they're willing to consider as a risk to them and the cost to them. But it is a way of mitigating the risk or the costs or reducing the cost. But Reduce. the main way of reducing the cost is really around um, trying to mitigate the risk by putting those um, health and safety things into place, your fire alarms, all of that. That's going to reduce the cost and it's going to keep the claims down. And if you keep the claims down, your, your policy will, will stay the same. Now, okay. from an insurer perspective, they're looking at it on a global basis. So, um, and that's kind of outside of our own control, or outside the credit union control. So sometimes you must always understand as well that um, insurance is anti-cyclical. And what I mean by that is when there's a boom, insurance premiums go down. When there's a bust, insurance premiums go up. So you have to kind of take those things into consideration as well, because when when there's high unemployment and things are going bad or the likes yeah. of COVID and people are at home and doing things, there might be a higher inclination to have more claims put in. Um, mm. um, yes. Whereas if, if when the economy is fine, everybody's busy and everybody's earning lots of income, you'll find that um, premiums will go down. So it's kind of anti-cyclical, if that makes sense. It does. 
It does. Yeah. It does indeed. And tell me, just just looking at the, the this this the sector and and what's likely to change if we if we step back oh about thirty forty years ago maybe property claims might might have been the, the you know the the biggest worry and then it moved to the the liability the EL and the and, and the public liability uh, which it, which we're producing and there's hope now that they will start to reduce or that will mitigate is mm-hmm. is cyber is cyber will cyber be the biggest risk in, in the I- future? Do you think? I think going into the future, I think there's, there's, there are three key uh, products that people should really consider. And I think they're very important. Fidelity bond is, is one. And as I said earlier on, that protects the um, business from anybody acting fraudulently. And we all, you know, we do the best we can in terms of interviewing, you know, doing performance appraisals, managing our employees. But we've seen it in the newspapers. It does happen. So that's, that's a really important protection that we need. As especially in the credit union sector and in the financial services sector, it's it's really important to have that in place. And directors and officers um, liability insurance, that coverage uh, protects the individual. So we have seen, I'm sure people have seen in newspapers, different charities, different organisations where, you know, Joe Bloggs is named as the key person that's caused all of the, that has been sued personally. So your directors and officers um, liability insurance is going to protect you as a director or an officer of that organization and protect you against if you have to go to court and protect your own name and protect you against reputational damage against somebody suing you as an individual. So that's that's really important. And within our directors and officers, um, standard policies will only um, cover kind of employees and they don't cover volunteer directors where our policy through AIG actually covers the whole remit within the credit union sector because I know there are some volunteer directors involved in that sector as well. Well, there's obviously there's so so many volunteers in the credit union sector in general. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, can I just just ask you? Sorry, one one, one final question. If that's if that's okay. How, how often should credit unions review their insurances? How often should they go through? Well, that process? most of these insurers are annual renewable policies. So we we would do a review every um, year when these come up for renewal. Um, so coming up towards towards renewal, we would have to go out and have a conversation. Um, John and Liam and myself, even or whoever's involved uh, with a particular client, we'd go out and have a conversation with the credit union, and discuss their business. So, for example, a merger might have, ha- might have happened or be happening. So does that mean you're going to have more buildings? Um, are you have more people working from home? Does that mean you have less contents within your building? Um, have you um, increased your payrolls? So that's going to impact on your liability insurance. So we have to go down through these different categories of insurance and make sure that we have a policy that meets the needs of the particular credit union. And I think having the experience and having the expertise and, you know, if we don't know the question, knowing where to get the answer to the question, I think that's very important um, for the credit union. So I think the annual review takes place. um, Most of our policies probably renew around October, um, but not all of them. Some of them renew in January, but most of them do. So we kind of have it in our, we have to go out and meet that client or or talk to that client or start communicating with that client at least eight to 10 to 12 weeks prior to renewal. And we have to uh, transparently show, and this is part of all of the new consumer protection, insurance protection code, where we have to show how much the premium was last year, um, what you recovered for last year, and then discuss what, what you need to cover for next year. Do we need to reduce in some areas because you've, you've sold a building? Do we need to increase it? And we would go through all of that and make sure that 
the policy that we have is is fit for purpose and actually does protect the credit union um, yeah. the particular credit union that we're doing business with so advice is critically important in this yeah that's a that's a that's a that's a good lesson and a good understanding for for credit unions okay thank you susan so that concludes our first of two podcasts on insurance i hope it gave listeners a better understanding of the core risks and the solutions that are available i'd like to thank susan white ceo of c mutual for sharing her extensive knowledge on the subject I hope you all found it of use. And if you did, don't forget to listen into our other podcasts in the same series. Thank you.